0: This is Horace Williams Jr. of the Pleasing to the Palm, Potter.com podcast. Thank you for joining me. Sorry that it has been a while. I believe the last time I was on, my father had passed. He had been battling Alzheimer's for years, but now he's in heaven. So have peace knowing that he's watching down over me and I will see him in heaven someday soon. Good news, though. I want to share with you that five days before my dad passed, My new book, The Furnace of Affliction, was released for pre-order. One of the last things I said to my father before he died was that I would carry on his desire to share the gospel, that he had done all he could do, and I promised that I would do my best to tell people about the Lord. So today I'm going to share a little bit with you. I'm going to give you a preview of the new book. And um, see how my voice sounds. Me and my mom have been listening to some actors audition uh, to do an audiobook for me, and I want to try to um, do a little bit of um, sharing of my book and see how that see how that goes. So bear with me. I may pause and take some breaks, get a sip of water, and we'll we'll just uh, play things by ear. As I said, the new book is titled The Furnace of Affliction, but I don't want to just focus on the title, but also the subtitle, How God Uses Our Pain and Suffering for His Purpose. I can't tell you how thankful I am that God has given me purpose. It's been two and a half years since he gave me the title for the book. And through health issues and coordination issues and you name it, uh, it's taken longer than I would have thought. Uh, I started writing the book in February of 2018. But God knew that this book needs to be out right now with everything going on in the world in 2020. So I trust him and I'm thankful that the book is now available on Amazon. I'm going to pick up because it's been a while. Uh, I'm going to pick up and read a little bit of where I left off. And reading the first of Affliction and then I will pause and uh, share what, what God puts in my heart at that time. Pain is not a word we like to hear or something we enjoy experiencing. In my research over the past few years I have discovered that many people are unwilling to admit they faced pain. They may be too hurt or afraid to express the pain they are feeling. They might even be fearful of being mocked, ridiculed, or seen as weak. However, feeling pain is a fact of life. At some point we will have to confront it. During the decades God has blessed me with life on this earth. I've experienced pain and suffering in varying degrees. I vividly remember when a playmate unintentionally split open my forehead in the sandbox when I was four years old. I staggered to the back door of my house screaming. Blood was streaming down my face. To this day I have a small scar to remind me of that traumatic event. I also remember the pain and humiliation of not being able to walk with my classmates for my high school graduation. The discipline involved my attendance at summer school that year. I received my diploma in the mail three months after the ceremony, a few days after my 16th birthday. As a young adult, I remember the agony of being in love and losing that love. I was curled up in a fetal position, crying like a newborn baby because the person I was engaged to be married walked away. In my mid-twenties I endured heart-wrenching sorrow at my grandmother's funeral while reciting a poem I'd written about her. She helped raise me and I spent time caring for her in her later years after her stroke. I became so overwhelmed and was hurting so deeply that I had to fight through my sobbing just to finish the poem. When it comes to my career, even though I've been successful in my almost 20 years in sales and marketing, I care with me the unexpected and painful experience of being let go from a job twice. We all experience pain in some form or fashion, whether it be chronic physical or emotional pain. We also experience spiritual pain through the spiritual warfare as we seek to live for Christ. I battle with debilitating physical pain every day. Because it has become so familiar to me, I am comfortable talking about it. The pain I feel is a result of a massive hemorrhagic stroke that I suffered in the summer of 2010. July 1st is a day I will never forget. While talking to a colleague at the office that day, I dropped the gum bottle I was holding. He called me clumsy and asked me what was wrong. I told him I didn't feel too well and asked him to take me home. I didn't realize that the left side of my mouth had begun to droop. Another friend came into my office. I had gotten on the phone with her a few moments earlier, and she was concerned because I sounded funny. I thought she was teasing me, but she dialed 911 right away when she realized something was terribly wrong. She probably helped save my life. In what seemed like an instant, I was on my way to the hospital. When I arrived, I struggled frantically with the nurses as they tried to pre- prepare me for a CT scan. I was desperate to communicate that I was claustrophobic. They attempted to put me into the machine. Then I felt something hit my arm, possibly an injection of some kind, and I was out like a light. I awakened days later in a dimly lit hospital room with my right leg tethered to the bed to prevent blood clotting. I couldn't sit up and I screamed for help. A nurse quickly came in, saw I was awake, and went to get the doctor. The doctor informed me about the stroke and said that my left side had been paralyzed when a blood vessel burst on the right side of my brain. My vision was blurry and I was in a fog for several weeks afterward. I couldn't walk and was introduced to a wheelchair. To this day, the nerves on the left side of my body radiate through me like electricity. I can't really use my left hand to type or hold anything fragile, and the joints on my left side are as stiff as board from head to toe. And this is in the book, but when I say head to toe, I mean head to toe. Uh, Even my toes don't straighten right now. Over, it says nine years after the stroke, but that's actually been 10 years, July 1st, 2010. Over nine years after the stroke, I still sleep with my left leg elevated to help with blood flow and to minimize agonizing nerve pain. I never thought I would miss being able to drive a stick shift automobile, wiggle my toes or bend my foot down into a shoe. Shortly after my stroke, my mother experienced concern to the doctor at a follow-up visit about the hydrocodone that was part of my prescription regimen. She was afraid I could become addicted to such such a potent opioid. The doctor explained to her that the nerve pains some stroke victims experience are like what you would feel sticking your foot in a pot of boiling water. Finally, someone could articulate the pain I was experiencing. The pain is not like a Charlie horse or the pain you feel when you hit your funny bone. It's excruciating, searing, relentless pain. My mother looked at me and I winked and nodded in agreement with the doctor. The sadness in her eyes was evident as she began to understand the severity of the pain I was trying to manage. As time went by and I tried to return to a normal life, I had to retake my driving test. I did not want to endanger myself or anyone else. I passed the exam, praise God, and I have been off hydrocodone ever since that test. I'm learning to live with the pain, and only because of God's strength, I'm able to make it through each day. So how does God use pain? Would He get our attention without it? I know that when everything was rainbows and unicorns for me, I made no time for God. My relationship with Him was distant at best. Of course, since I was raised in a Christian home and dragged to church every Sunday as a child, I knew plenty about God. I even asked Jesus Christ to come to my heart and save me at the age of five. However, for the 38 years of my life that followed, I tried to do everything on my own. I was self-motivated, selfless, driven to succeed, and headed away from God. Self-motivation and drive are fantastic. But when we are focused on ourselves and not on living for God, adversity will block our paths to real success. It is beyond disappointing that none of the painful moments I endured before the stroke were enough to turn my attention toward God. Only after the stroke, when my physical pain and suffering became constant, did I decide to recommit to God. I would lay awake in the hospital at night, not believing what had happened, the pain and humiliation of not being able to care for myself was devastating. I struggled to recite Psalm 23, hindered by my injured brain. I had not prayed with any sincerity in several years, but I asked God for help and healing. I struggled internally asking why this happened, but in rea- reality I knew the answer. I had been living a selfish, life-infused life with worldly desires. In that painful and isolated moment God spoke to me. He revealed that his desire was not for me to live for myself or to accumulate wealth and things of no heavenly value, but to live a life that glorifies Him, to share my testimony of faith with all who listen, and even those who won't. <laughs> Sounds like my dad. He saved me from eternal damnation, not so that I stay out of hell, but so that I'd help people know him and inspire them to live for Christ. This story of redemption is why I have written this book. Not to join you in a pit of misery, but I hope to lift your spirits, encourage your heart, and challenge you to look deep within yourself despite the painful trials you encounter. My intent is not to minimize or to trivialize your pain. I intend to give you hope amid your your suffering. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29.11 I paraphrase that a little bit. It may be hard to see through the tears that moisten your face at times, but I speak from experience. God wants what is best for you. The transformation may involve spending time in the furnace of affliction. God will keep you there as long as it takes to accomplish His will and plan for you. British author C.S. Lewis states in the problem of pain, We can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Does God seem to be shouting at you through pain and suffering? Have you been listening or or have you been hard of hearing in your walk with him? God is just and righteous and God is holy. Thankfully, he is compassionate as well. His desire is not to do you harm, but to conform you to his image. One of my favorite passages of scripture, which I committed to memory during the early stage of my spiritual transformation, is this. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8:28. However, the verses that follow are often forgotten or ignored. Read these and commit them to memory. For those who, whom he foreknew he also predestined to to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? From the moment we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were justified by God through the blood of Jesus Christ and that alone. However, that does not exempt us from experiencing time in the fur- furnace of affliction. God sometimes uses pain to help us develop an intimate relationship with him. He also uses pain and suffering, our time in the furnace of affliction, to do the following. devolve sin in our lives. Develop our faith. demolish our pride. Determine our past demonstrate His grace, display His love, deepen our commitment to Him, and deliver hope, comfort, and joy. We will discuss each of these in this book. It is my prayer that you would take this time to honestly evaluate your time of anguish and be filled with hope as you begin to understand God's intent for your life. Join me and we'll walk th- rock through this journey of pain and suffering together. Okay, I'm going to take a minute and get a sip of water. In pause and I'll be right back okay this is Horace Williams of Please to the Power.com podcast I'm back for part 2 of the introduction of my brand new book The Furniture of Affliction How God Uses Our Pain and Suffering for His Purpose is now available on Amazon in ebook and paperback and Lord willing it might be available in audiobook come the holidays we'll have to see how that goes but i'm going to continue right now with the second half of my new book titled the furnace of affliction so here we go um the origin of suffering before i explain how god uses oh hang on one second Okay, I'm back. This is Horace Williams Jr. at pod.com podcast. Here to share with you part two of the introduction of The Furnace of Affliction. My brand new book that is now out on Amazon, available in paperback and ebook. And Lord Willing audiobook Come the Holidays. We'll just have to see. So the second half of the introduction is titled The Origin of Suffering. Suffering. Before I explain how God uses our pain for his purpose, I want to explore the word suffering. What does it mean to you? You might have experienced physical pain or maybe even the really discussed emotional distress. What about spiritual pain? This is the internal conflict between you and God as your transforming heart battles to live for Christ. The struggle is real for us while living in the corruptness of a human body. Our sinful nature is a result of what took place in the Garden of Eden From the moment Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they became separated from God. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God, among the trees of the garden. While taking turns in the blame game, Adam blamed the woman and God, and Eve blamed blamed the serpent, Satan. God put an end to the blaming and cursed everyone involved. This was the origin of suffering. To the woman God said, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Then to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you should not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you in toil you will eat of it all the days of your life both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return that's genesis 3 verses 16 through 19. despite what took place in the garden god still desired to have an intimate relationship with us That is why he sent his son jesus to die on the cross for our sins his perfect sacrifice gives us the opportunity to fellowship with him know that pain is not meant to destroy us but to develop us god wants to use us for his glory however to be suitable vessels for him we must spend time being transformed in the furnace of affliction not only that but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's the English Standard Version of Romans five, verses three through five. That's the end of chapter one. Just a reminder of what I shared. In that painful moment, and I isol- in that painful and isolated moment, God spoke to me. Then I have a prayer. At the end of the introduction, I'm sorry, not chapter one, end of the introduction. Dear Heavenly Father, I am humbled to share some of my moments in the furnace of affliction with those who love you. Thank you for your desire to continue working on us, your children, molding, shaping, and preparing us for your glory. I pray that you will give those of us who are hurting or who have experienced suffering your indescribable peace, a peace beyond all understanding. Guard our hearts, Lord. Give us the wisdom we need, which you offer up generously to everyone who asks. Encourage us every step of the way as we seek to live for you. May our lives bring glory to you and draw others to Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, that's the rest of the introduction. If you want to hear more, you're going to have to go out and buy the book. (laughs) Chapter 1 is God Uses Pain and Suffering to Devolve Sin in Our Lives. And I'm going to share a little bit more with you as far as chapter 2. Chapter 2 is one of my favorite chapters. And it's um, titled, God Uses Pain and Suffering to Believers Develop Our Faith. But I love talking about faith. It's one of my favorite uh, things to talk about. I actually thought I was going to write a book about faith. Who knows? Maybe that's in my future. We'll just have to see how the Lord leads. I want to leave you before I go with a Bible verse that I came across recently. That I hope you will memorize and hang on to it. It's found in Psalms chapter 10, verse 17. And this is the new international version. I love it the best of all the versions. It says, You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted, you encourage them, and you listen to their cry. I don't know what you're going through. Uh, we're dealing with a pandemic and a lot of social unrest right now in this time in America. But I hope that you will know and understand, and understand how much God loves you. And he hears your desires of those who are hurting. You may not want to admit that you're hurting. It may be emotional pain. It may be chronic physical pain. I don't know your situation. But God wants to encourage you. And he will hear your cries when you call out to him. So I want to leave you with that. I pray that you're encouraged hope that you will go out and get the book and tell people about it please leave a review it's The Furnace of Affliction How God Used Our Pain and Suffering for His Purpose also if you would like someone to pray with you I have a private message board on my website you can leave me a message there ask me a question ask me to pray for you, it comes directly to me I thank you so much for your patience and listening to me share a bit of this a bit of this labor of love i pray that it has blessed you and that, like i said you will share with others and i will talk with you again soon once again this is horace williams jr of pleasing to the pod.com podcast have a wonderful rest of your week hope you have a great weekend keep your eyes on christ and god bless